Hello, I'm the father from the Father and Son F1 podcast. And I'm the son from the Father and Son F1 podcast. And today we are here with episode two. We're going to be discussing uh, drivers, our expectations for them, and what we think is going to happen this year. And we can't wait to get into it. So um, let's start that off. All right, first driver we'll be discussing today is Nicholas Latifi, the Williams driver. He has had a slow start to his career in F1. Uh, generally, he finishes at the bottom of the grid and has not been able to outqualify his teammate, George Russell, so far. So I guess the question is, what are your expectations for Nicholas Latifi this year? Um, to be below Russell again, but to improve a tiny bit. So you think he can improve? Yes, because he he's had one year of experience now. He can, and I know it was a crazy year, only seventeen races, and not as much time. But at least it's something, and he'll be testing the car over the time of it more. Besides, he got a bit more. Everyone was not practicing as much in the real F one and working on esports. Right. So he'll probably be training the whole time in the off season, which will make him better as a driver. Now, I don't expect him to beat Russell because Russell is basically like a natural one in a million. And we saw what he did at Mercedes and secure. So you think Russell will continue to dominate over his teammate? Yes, Russell, I believe, will do pretty good. He'll keep his Q2 performances up. Well, I think Latifi, I don't, I feel like with enough practice over the winter break, he will um, probably not be scrapping for last place. He might. Yeah, I was about to say. You know, he, he seemed to be starting in last place almost every week. Yes, and but, finishing there as well for the most part. Yeah, a lot of bottom finishes, bottom two, bottom yeah. three. Yeah, bottom. <clears throat> I mean, he he wasn't really a consistent last place guy. That was. A I mean, he likes to hang around back there, though. That's he likes sure. to hang around, but between the last three, but he wasn't. He 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 almost wasn't last. The, the question time. is, does he have the talent? He is a pay driver. He is a pay driver. So and the question is, does he have the talent? You're saying in F2 he had some success. Yes. like He had like, I don't know, four or five race wins back in his last season in F2. All right. So he's got some potential. It's hard to have success in a Williams right now, that's for sure. Unlike the olden days in the early 80s when the yes. Williams were dominating. Mm-hmm. Um, hard to have that success now. But, uh, but maybe he can show some improvement and with two rookies on the grid this year for Haas, uh, maybe he will have an you know an ability to sneak up on those guys in those cars. I mean, Mazepin maybe. I mean, Mazepin has a rough racing style that gives him a lot of racecraft. I don't think he'll be able to do Schumacher though. I mean, Schumacher. I mean, <clears throat> it's well, in his the question blood. is what, He's the son of Michael. That's true, but you know. The Haas have been in a steady slide down in the last couple of years as far as the machinery goes. So yes, the machinery we'll see what be. happens. So Nicholas Latifi, probably my expectation is a little more the same that he had in 2020. It's a lot of time at the back of the grid. Um, but maybe a little bit of improvement. Maybe he'll give George Russell a run for his money sometimes. Yeah. Who knows? All right. Next up, we'll go ahead and discuss George Russell. I said George Russell, the Williams driver, counterpart to Nicholas Latifi. George Russell has shown some flashes of greatness in a Williams. Uh, he's made it to Q2 um, a couple of times yes. uh, this past year. Uh, obviously, at the end of the season in the Mercedes, he had some success yes. before the pit stop debacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, altogether, he seems to be a pretty strong driver and when he gets his chance to get out of the Williams and into another car, I'd have 
pretty high expectations. Yes. However, being in a Williams, the question is, can he do any more than he's already done in a Williams? Will Williams improve this year, or will it be more of the same? They have new ownership, uh, and things could be different, but, you know, it's a tough business to be in, and they have not shown very much capability. What are your thoughts on George Russell this year? I have high expectations, mm-hmm. considering his rookie year. I mean, last year I don't think he'll improve much. I mean, I believe the Williams will barely slide up. They might go ahead of some people. Um, but, yeah, I really I really have some high stuff for Russell. I expect him to make a few two a lot more, considering he, ha- he might have a better car. Maybe. It just, I mean, and look what he did with Mercedes. He, he, he is a natural driver. He, he can do good. He's a good young driver. I agree. He is a good young driver, and he shows some real ability and, and talent. He's, he's going to be sticking with Williams until Hamilton retires, because if if Mercedes well, is, or until Botas gets the boot after this year. Yeah, but I mean, if if Mercedes are going to keep soft doing Hamilton with the contract and letting him have a sound who's his teammate, then they're not going to be able to dump Botas. And, and Russell's not going to get there. Because Hamilton's, of course, not going to choose Russell. I don't know. You never know. He might. He might. Hard to say. Of course, he's only got a one-year contract himself, so it might not be, uh, you know, who knows? Yeah, there could Mercedes- be two new drivers at Mercedes next year for all we know. Yes, but what if Mercedes goes soft again on Lewis Well, Hamilton? let's not get too worried about, you know, predicting the future beyond the 2021 uh, F1 season and sure. what George Russell will do at Williams. So, <clears throat> in conclusion, my expectation for George Russell is to do about what he did last year, maybe clean up some of the mistakes, you know, some of the young mistakes he's making, like the spin behind the safety car. Yes, I know. That was points. That was points. That cost him. So, you know, he cleans up some of that those mistakes that a second-year driver makes, and he kind of tightens it up and starts, you know, putting on performances that are only going to help him when it comes time to resign, because he is also out of a contract at the end of this year, I believe. Yes. So uh, that is going to make for a very interesting offseason. I'm sure Valtteri Bottas will be feeling the pressure uh, of George Russell uh, coming you know, up behind him. So uh, who knows? My expectation is for Williams, I guess, is the real question is, will they be able to put better cars on the circuit and uh, on the grid? I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm looking forward to seeing winter testing to see if they bring something special to the table and have been able to make improvements with the new ownership. Yes. All right. So that sounds good. Next up, we might do, um, I believe we'll be doing Nikita Mazepin. All right. So next up, we will look at the Haas drivers, starting with Nikita Mazepin. All right, so Nikita Mazepin, new driver for Haas. He's a rookie this year. Uh, His Formula 2 career last year uh, in 2020, he had 24 races. He had two wins, uh, no poles. He had two fastest laps, six podiums, 164 points, and he finished fifth overall. So, you know, okay, he showed some ability there. Nothing crazy, but, you know, he had a, a good season. Two wins is always good, you know. Uh, six podiums. That's not bad. So, you know, some gotten the points consistently, finished fifth overall. Are there drivers that were probably more deserving to move up to F1 and F2 this year? Um, Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you could... So, I was about to say you could say Sonoda, but yes, he did get it. Sonoda got a seat. Uh, Schumacher got a seat. So. I mean... You could say Luca Giotto could get in, but I don't. I mean, I don't even know if he has a high score and a super license. Well, let's also not forget drivers that have been in F one that are not right now, 
Hulkenberg. You know, maybe he yes. deserved another go. I don't know. Probably maybe some. Maybe you think an older driver like that deserves another shot, or maybe you yeah, think it's time for new blood to come in. Let's see what these young kids can do. So there's that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> is it? Alonzo's coming back, so yeah. you know that's something. Um, Mazepin's a winner. There's no doubt about that. Given a good car, he could probably win some races. Right, but right. But I, I mean, the question is, will he be able to outdo Mick? He wasn't able to outdo Mick in the car he had this year. But the question is, now that they're on equal machinery, Primo was probably faster than High Tech this year. Right. The fact that they're on equal machinery now, who will win? I that's think it's right. Mick because you know it's in his blood, and. I mean, Mazepin is has some talent, but at the same time, he's mostly a pay driver. Right, he is a pay driver. That's always kind of the thing that, you know, defines some of these guys is that they're pay drivers, and do they deserve to be there? So that's a question. Now, <clears throat> I think the other thing is his driving style. Is he going to be the kind of guy, and his personality, is he going to be the kind of guy to take team orders? Is he going to do what he's supposed to do? Um, I've never seen him... I I don't think he's a guy who disobeys team orders, but he's an aggressive driver. He has he's done some defense, he's done some good offense. I mean he sort of is a hybrid and he has some good racecraft. Right. So he is aggressive though, and that's got him in trouble with penalties in the past. Yes, he had a controversy where in Spa last year he lost a victory. I don't know if it was feature or sprint race, because he forced Sinod off the track, ultimately giving him the win. And Mazepin was furious over it. Of course. Which, I, which, which is after post-race stuff got him a good penalty for next. Right, next race. right. So he threw a fit, basically. Uh, no, right? no but, he, but he almost knocked down Senator with the podium holder. Wow. He drove into it. That's a lot. So a lot Not of shenanigans. Not intending to hurt him, but he was definitely not <clears throat> Well, care. Gunther Steiner has said already that... And he doesn't care for bad stuff. Gunther has said he does not have any interest in the nonsense. And he also said that... If the two drivers Schumacher and Haas, uh, Schumacher and Mazepin run into each other, there's going to be big problems. He's he said he's going to be Magnuson really Gro- angry. He doesn't want Magnussen and Grosjean two So Steiner's already putting the word out: don't be causing any nonsense out here. So, mm-hmm. uh, so what are your expectations for him in Formula One this year? It's um, rookie season in a Haas. That's always a factor. Um, you know, they're I driving Haas. I think he'll so. outqualify Mick, but he might be able to do something where he might be faster than like an Alpha. Not Tari Romeo, or um, maybe a couple Williams. Right. Yeah. You gotta. You know. You got these guys down here in the in the. You know, I wouldn't exactly call Alfa Romeo and Williams uh, midfielders. So. You know, we got and Haas for that matter. At this point, these three, I'm really gonna. <laughs> these three teams, I'm really gonna want to watch to see who gets eighth and ninth and who's in the bottom. I mean, it would be nice if Haas could make their way back up into the top four or five. Yes, but yeah, top five you know, would be nice. I don't think they can get four. Yeah, who knows? It definitely, it's it's a lot harder than it was back, back were, a couple years ago when they were up there because now McLaren and, you know, Renault and... Yeah, uh, because they actually got money from the past couple Aston of years. Aston Martin, so... Uh, I believe if <clears> Renault had scored higher in 2019, they would have scored higher in 2020 because they got would have got more funding. That if, may be true. Yeah, I mean, they really had a slow start. And maybe, you know, the money from Red Bull kind of messed them up that year so they didn't get as much backing to go out and deliver in 2020. I believe they might have been able to get third if they did better in 2019 and got that more funding. Well, hard to say, but uh, we will next discuss the Haas teammate, uh, Mick, Schumacher. Mick Schumacher. So stay tuned for that. All right, next up we'll be talking about Haas driver Mick Schumacher. He is 
a young driver with a lot of pressure due to his family's rich history in Formula One. Uh, his Formula Two career was nice. He had uh, one win in his first year and two in his second for a total of three. No poles over those two years. Four uh, fastest laps, three last year and one the year before. And uh, ten, or one rather, I'm sorry, one podium in 2019 and 10 in 2020. Mm. And he finished 12th in 2019, but he finished first in 2020 before taking the step up to Haas. So he's moving on up with a rookie teammate beside him, Nikita Mezepan, which we just talked about. What do you think his chances are this year? I have some high hopes for him. I mean, look what he did in F2. It's no doubt the kids are very good. Um, of course, he's going to have some of Michael's talent coming with him because he had free advice from him until um, 2013. He's obviously going to bring Michael's talent to the grid again and show them that Michael isn't entirely gone. So that's the pressure, though, trying to yes. live up to his dad's reputation. <clears throat> Do you think it's possible? I think it's possible, but with a Haas car, of course he's going to have to show some good performances for, like, Ferrari or someone to notice him and, like, okay, we need to get someone out, maybe like Leclerc's, or maybe in two years, signs. So you think this may be, you know, maybe the success won't come at Haas, but he can do well enough to get a stepping stone to a top team. Yes. And maybe, yeah, and once he does this, I believe he can start getting results, podiums, maybe not race wins with a midfield team, but some podiums. He can definitely show what he's made of. So, yeah, I guess it's really going to come down to how good the Haas cars are this year uh, as opposed to how they have been. So maybe uh, maybe he'll put himself in a position to uh, score some points. Do you think he'll be better than his teammate? Um, I think so. Yeah. So we'll find out, I guess. Um, hey, maybe Mazepin can do some stuff. and It's an interesting situation, Mazepin being a pay driver and Schumacher – you know, definitely, I mean, he has his own skills, but he also, he's got a famous name. So this team has got some interesting dynamics going on, I think. Yeah, it didn't have much before because, you know, you had Magnuson, Roseman Magnuson, a talent, but he, he doesn't always deliver. Right. And Grosjean, who was always a big story. Agreed. I Maybe think... he had an, I, I believe we sort of lost a, a good driver, and now he's off to IndyCar. Grosjean was a... um. I feel like he was having a bit of like a mid-career wash-up, and he would have come back maybe in twenty twenty-one even stronger. But yeah, I don't know. I believe maybe that he, seems like it could be a stretch. Maybe he could have mingled around as a test driver and shown some speed, but no, the incident prohibited that from ever happening. Right. Well, I don't know. I think that there'll definitely be some interesting headlines around the Haas team this year. Yes. Uh, definitely going to see something unique with the two rookies, and the one with the famous name and one with the money connection so it could be interesting to see Haas this year and uh, it'll definitely make it more interesting than it has been in the last couple of years yes right mm-hmm. all right next up we will discuss um Toro Rosso no Al- Alfa Romeo Tor- Alfa Romeo we'll go to Alfa Romeo sorry so next up Alfa Romeo all right guys next up Alfa Romeo uh driver Antonio Giovinazzi the Italian driver in the field quite good um you know, for off of Romeo, and uh, I don't know. He he doesn't 
score a lot of points. Alfa Romeo, right? Alfa Romeo, not really a powerful team. I would not. They're not in the race for the midfield, really. They're a team that harvest. That they're a team that take. They're a team that take gives talent drivers opportunities. But yeah, they don't I mean, look, make not, drivers champions. Let's not pretend they don't have it going on. They're kind of like Williams, maybe a little better than Williams at times. Last year they should some they should have the time they were worse than Williams. You know, Haas is getting down there. You know, we're talking about some lower tier teams right now. Anything's possible. You know, maybe they could turn it around. But um, what do you think about Antonio? I don't think they're turning around. This this has been like a thirty year operation. They've never done anything to get it off the bottom. I mean, yeah, they won some races, they got some podiums, but you had good drivers back then. You had Kubica, you had Vettel. You just, yeah, I mean, the team was mediocre back then. You can have, yeah, that, that was a, like, a two-rate, that was a podium team. But, this is I a mean, very old team, though. This is a very old team. I, I've heard... Rich I history. Thought, I thought Schumacher started out at Benetton, but I've heard some rumors from the managing director there, Beat Zender. He, I thought he said my, in Formula 1 Drive to Survive that Michael Schumacher started there. So, there's some stuff there. So, <clears throat> not a lot of hopes for Antonio Giovinazzi. Do you think he'll see Q2 some this year? Maybe a bit more since there are more chances. I mean, he's got if more correct, experience now. If I'm correct, it was the... Um, is this his third year or his this second? This is his third year. Third year. 2019, 2020, 2021. So, he's a well, crafty he also, veteran now. In 2017, he also had two races for the injured Pascal Wehrlein. He replaced him for the first two races. Uh, One race he scored points. The second race he crashed out. Gotcha. So, you he know. Has, he's, not a mis- he's one of those midfielders who doesn't make mistakes, but at the same time he doesn't have the best pace. Do you think it would be a successful year if he's able to get into Q2 and finish in the top 12 I mean, that would a probably, couple of times? That would probably maybe draw a couple midfielders' eyes. Okay. I agree. I think he's got some something to prove still. Um, I mean, so. most teams' intentions. If you're like, if you're like tr- scrapping for the bottom of the midfield and trying to get off the last spot of the midfield, your intention is probably to be Alfa Romeo. Yeah. I mean, your intention is to go to the top of the midfield, but at the same time, your intention to not. I mean, that target team to really. Be so you think the lower tier teams are trying to definitely finish ahead of this team? Yes. Gotcha. Well, I think um, you know. Maybe he'll show some improved skills this year, push the mm-hmm. Alfa Romeo car to the limits, and uh, maybe maybe score some points. You know, once or twice. Maybe yes. you don't. You know, I'm not. I'm not calling for a podium here, but I am saying maybe. Yeah, I'm not maybe finish in some points if things go their way. I maybe mean, a couple cars. You know, DNF and he sneaks into some points. Um, maybe he gets into Q2 a couple of times. Uh, who knows? You know, Alfa Romeo didn't look to make a change. They kept their driver lineup. So. And yeah. Uh, so they may see something in him that we don't know about. So we'll have to wait and see. Next up, we'll talk about Kimi Raikkonen. Raikkonen. All right, next up, as we mentioned, Kimi Raikkonen, the other Alfa Romeo driver, former world champion in 2007. Um, since then, he's not quite as strong. He is the most... Out of all the drivers on the grid this year, he is the... First race winner, the first person to win a race out of these people in 2003. And how long was he with Ferrari? A long time, right? Well, he won it in the championship in 2007. If I'm correct, he stayed with them until like, I don't know, 2010 or 2012. 
and then he went to a kind of competitive Lotus team, and then he went back to Ferrari, and then he left, and then he went to Alfa Romeo. Right, so he's had him all over the place. Uh, there was some controversy when he was with Ferrari at the end of that first stint. I remember that being something happened. Uh, that's when he came over to the States and dabbled in NASCAR for a little while. He dabbled in NASCAR for like a couple races. A couple, race, couple of truck races, no Sprint Cup races. Um, at the time, it was called the Sprint Cup, I guess. So he's had an interesting history. Um, I actually read an article that said he wouldn't rule it out in his future, maybe, when he's done with F1. Um, so, you know, he likes to race. He's done a lot of different styles. He's like the fifth F1 driver to switch over to NASCAR. He's done a lot of races and done a lot of uh, different styles of racing. Uh, he's still in F1, um, even though he's with Alfa Romeo. He seems to like it. He shows skills on the track at times in a lesser machine. Uh, I think... He may be the kind of guy that in the right machinery could still uh, still really do well. He, he, he wasn't really showing it at Ferrari at the end, but he was he was doing okay with Ferrari. One of his last races with Ferrari, he won. Right. So a 113 <clears throat> break of winning, but 113 Grand Prix that he didn't win, but he won eventually. So, yeah, so, he, you know, it's been up and down. If, if the Alfa Romeos were... A little more competitive, you know, who knows what he could do. But he wasn't, you know, he didn't show enough to get picked up by a better team when Ferrari was kind of finished with him. So, you know, he's getting older. I think he's 41 years old, maybe. Yeah, so, 41, so, yeah, I think. Um, and I think uh, my predictions for him personally retirement, go switch to another sport. I mean, to be honest, in 2018, early 2018 was kind of when he was actually focusing, and then later. 2018 was really the last year he actually started caring about Formula One. And well, then, I mean, you're speculating. I mean, everyone cares about Formula One, but, I mean, he kind of, like, he kind of was a bit less. He, I mean, he's always been a quiet guy. That's him, Kimi Reckonen. Yeah, I would say that. So, I don't think he doesn't care about Formula One, uh, but I think he knows the realities after all these years of what it means when you're racing on a bottom-tier team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Besides, when you're driving in the backfield, you had, like, Grosjean behind you, and he would kind of, sometimes when he was behind Grosjean, Grosjean would, like, block him up, and he'd be kind of angry about that. And it right. Kind of, he was showing signs of rage behind the He's a wily teams. old veteran, you yes. know. He's wily. He uh, wants to be successful, and he's probably a little frustrated that he's in an Alfa Romeo. That's probably one of the reasons it kind of looks like it. But he probably he probably still cares about Formula One, and he's just kind of upset that he's stuck right. at the bottom. It's been and 14 he, years since his championship, so, you know, he's... That's another reason. Yeah, I think it's people often, you know, I don't know how much the younger drivers even respect him at this point. I mean, true. you know, you look at some of these younger drivers and that are 20 and 19 and 22 and, you know... How old were they when Kimi Raikkonen won a championship? I mean, I don't know. That that was that was about. And some were, of them were, were in like, first, were in like grade. first grade. Yeah, first or second grade maybe. So, um, <clears throat> you know, he hasn't done a lot lately, and I think that is, um, you know, part of the issue. But hopefully, if Alfa Romeo as a team can put a better car on the track, maybe they will be in the hunt for the midfield. It just, you know, I don't know if that's possible based on what they've done lately. Yeah. I know they want to, but I don't know if they can. That is true. All right. Next up, we will be going to discuss... Alphatari and Alpha Yuki Tsunoda. and Yuki Tsunoda, the hot new rookie coming in. All right, let's discuss Yuki Tsunoda, the Alphatari rookie coming in, replacing Daniel Kvyat. 
He was a good driver in F2 last year. He had three race wins, four poles, which is pretty solid, three fastest laps, seven podiums, 200 points accumulated, and he finished third in the Drivers' Championship. So uh, pretty solid, really. Um, drives for Red Bull, uh, in this case, Alphatari. Yes. And teammates with Pierre Gasly, a, a good driver. driver. Pierre Gasly is a good driver. He's a nice guy. Maybe can help him out, take him under his wing. Yeah. But they will be competing against one another in the and same machinery. Pierre Gasly is not really the nicest guy to his competitors. You know, he likes to win. I think he's had a taste yes. for it. So. Yeah, he's had a taste for it. <clears throat> now, I thought that in some of the F2 races from last year, Sonoda showed a lot of skill. Yes, he... I mean, yes, he's a pace driver. He, he has pace, but at the same time, he shows a lot more speed than pace. So he's got good pace and speed. He shows skill on the track. He can show skill on new... T- when, whenever there's an advantage in tires, he takes advantage of that. So, yeah, I think... Um, you know, what do you think his chances are this year? Um, we I saw Alfatari at times be pretty competitive last year in the midfield. Yeah, I mean, Italy, they were competitive all week long, and then they took advantage of a... Ridiculous race and won. That's right, Gasly. Yeah, he he really took advantage of a restart that could have not been his. Right. <clears throat> so you know these cars have shown they have some life in them. Yes, and I think we're talking about you know definitely better than Williams, Alfa Romeo, all those and Haas. Three. I mean, I believe. Yeah, you could really say some of those. And teams. you know. You know, at times they're scrappy in the bottom of the midfield. So maybe yeah. this year they take a step forward. I now, Gasly and Fiat were racing with Ferrari. Right. You know, Imola, they were fighting with Leclerc. So, you know, here we are uh, talking about a midfield team potentially with some opportunities. With a good, could, you know, with a good driver lineup right now, I think. I believe they could go for six. I believe if they get enough upgrades and they can jump Alpine. Yeah, yeah. So you think that? So you're saying sixth place? Maybe. Maybe fifth. Uh, no. 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 That would be a stretch. It's going to depend on how Ferrari races this year. So. Yeah, Ferrari has those engine upgrades. I believe they'll be in the top four teams, and then Aston Martin's going to be sitting right there watching and kind of developing. So, what are your expectations for Yuki this year? Um. Expect, He's a rookie, so what do I you think? I expect a lot of Q two performances, maybe if he if he can show me if he's delivering immediately, a lot of just an all out talent. I really expect this is a really talented driver we're talking about here, and I really think I mean, and he's also I mean, he's kind he's a young driver also. He started karting in two thousand ten. Oh wow! Yeah. Yes, that that's only eleven years of time to get up to Formula One. And how old is he now? I'm not sure his age. Let me check. He was um, born in 2000. He's 20. So he's 20. He'll be 21 he's, early in the season. Yes, 21. So, yeah, that he was like, um, he's worked all the way up. I mean, all these guys have worked all the way from kids, but this guy's like the one of the youngest drivers on the grid by far. Yeah, so I think he brings a lot to the table. I am expecting, like you, a lot of Q2 maybe. Yes. And maybe, uh, 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 and maybe some like ninth place finishes or eight. Maybe he gets in the points a little bit. Yes, points, points. You finishes. think that he's going to give Gasly a run for his money at Alphatari? I don't think he's going to give Gasly a run for his money. 
Interesting. You know, we'll see how Gasly can handle the pressure of a quality driver on the team because he didn't handle it well at Red Bull. Yeah, but I, yeah, to be honest, he sort of whenever a good driver comes into his team that that is like near better than him, he measures his own head against them, starts driving off data to get better, not driving on instinct, and he's just like he's just like, I mean, he's just going to bits trying to measure himself against his teammate, and what if he does that here? He cracks, and he might drop out of Formula 1. He could crack, you know, and the question is... He cracked against Max, he'll crack You have to think, also, you have to think that Red Bull is looking at Sonoda to take Perez's seat. I believe Perez Perez will deliver. This will not be an over. But how long, I mean, you know... The question is, how long will they run a stint with Sergio? And if he's somehow fast, somewhat faster than Max. How long is Sergio's contract? Is it a one or two year contract? I think it's like two, I don't know. Maybe two. two so I don't think it's one year. Maybe Sonoda sits in Alphatari, has some success. You know, I gives Gasly a run for his money. You know, they're not looking at Pierre Gasly again, are they? They did a two year resign. But I mean, not. I mean, Red Bull's not going to take him. No. They've done that. They've done that. I mean, he Pierre wasn't Gasly, the right teammate for Max. Pierre Gasly also was like, the question is, if Max decides to go somewhere else. That is a question that if, is interesting. If somehow McLaren can get alongside and they ditch someone for him. McLaren, I, I'm thinking, you know, the only place for Max is Mercedes. Which, if Mercedes, like but I already said. But I don't said, think Lewis wants, they, Mercedes, uh, wants Max yeah, on the team. Yeah, and if they're going to keep giving Lewis these real... If they're going to keep playing soft with Lewis in the contract stages, because this is a one-year deal, and they gave him the say on his teammates. So if they do this again in one year, then he's obviously not going to choose Max. And if he's shown some real flashes of talent this year, then they're obviously going to probably want to extend the deal. So I've got to think Red Bull is keeping an eye on Sonoda as a possible Red Bull driver. Yes, but I don't think Perez will be too fast. But I don't think they'll be keen on bringing him up too soon like they did with Gasly or Albon. No, I think they've realized that they can't do this entirely. I mean, you know, they said, like, oh, Max Verstappen had this. He actually had, like, two or three years of experience. Right. He had, like, that... He, I mean, he started in 2015. He got promoted in after one quarter of 2016. They moved him up quick. They like to do that. Yeah, but Max was actually a good driver, so he was. He, well, able he's to a special seat. talent for sure, compared to a lot of these. Yeah, other besides, drivers. it's all like like Schumacher. It's also in his blood. His dad was a F one driver, also Jos Verstappen. Right. So I think Sonoto has a lot to prove. I think he's gonna have time to develop at Alphatari. and you know he could be if he has a lot of success. He could be moving up to Red Bull. Uh, in a couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see how things look in the future. But he's got to prove himself. Uh, and I think he'll be trying to do that. And I think he's going to try to put pressure on Gasly. Yes. All right. Well, that's who we'll be talking about next, Pierre Gasly. So um, let's get ready to discuss his year. All right. So Pierre Gasly had a great year last year at Alphatari. One-time race winner now. So he's got a victory under his belt. He got on a podium at the end of the season before that. Yes. Did he also have another podium this year? Um, the race one was all. The race one was the one. Well, you know, he definitely has shown consistency all year. You know, solid middle-of-the-pack driver, usually without driving his teammate, which was Kvyat last year. He got a new teammate this year we just talked about, 
So I think that'll be a real interesting battle between those two. Um, you know, the question is, will Red Bull want to see Sonoda with the uh, best uh, machinery? Maybe he'll get upgrades before Gasly. I don't know. We'll have to see how it shakes we'll out. We'll have to see how good he is. We'll have to see how good he is. If he's out-qualifying Gasly, I think we might see a shift in the team strategy there. But, um, you know. Gasly really can crack under good when, when he has a good teammate. He has shown to, you know, not handle the pressure well when he was at Red Bull. I mean, he probably wasn't used to the car, but at the same time, it was more an effect, an effect of Max and how he has really was really good. And Pierre, I bet you if Pierre had like Alex or something with him, he would probably perform much better. He is not. I mean, sure, he can handle the pressure on like getting a seat, but mm-hmm. he can't handle the pressure of like a guy like Max. Right. And what if Sonoto is a hard-driving guy just like Max? Yeah, Sonoto shows pace, and we talked about this last time. So, yeah, Pierre could crack. I believe he won't crack this season. I believe next season, if they're still together, he could do some cracking. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's not this season to worry because Yuki's just a rookie. So, what are your expectations for Pierre Gasly this year? Um, Some more talented performances. Maybe some misses out on Q2. I expect him to be maybe sticking like right with Sonata. I expect this Sonata to be a bit better than Fiat, and this to be a bit more of a close battle in the inner team for Tata. So, do you Tata. think Alphatari is in a better spot now than they were with Fiat? Yes. All right. And Except think- for the fact that these two are going to probably rise. If these two get into too many scraps, like Ocon and Perez did at Force India then they're going to have a problem on their hands, and I don't know what's going to happen to the team at that point. That could be chaos. Well, there's it no evidence to say that that's going to happen, but it could definitely happen. There, I mean, if if friends tossed in those guys are smart enough to put team orders up a lot, which I believe they might have to eventually, then this will be good. But what if Senator doesn't show pace? Well, that's the question. You know, Just or because you had a successful F2 career doesn't mean... That you can pull it off in F1 against the best of the best. I mean, yeah. I mean, Albon was kind of like that. Yeah, hard to say what happened to him. You know, it just didn't really work out. Same with Latifi, but he's in a Williams. Come on. Exactly. But it's kind of brushing off now, I believe. Well, I think Gasly will have a good year. You know, I don't know that he'll find his way onto the uh, podium or to first place. He'd have to take advantage of another group trade if he Brazil, crazy. Monza, the most crazy race that we'll see of the 2020 decade. But he has shown an ability when things go a certain way yes. to find himself in a good spot. I mean, yeah, his second ever Formula One. When he got, in 2017, he took over for Carlos Sainz to move to Renault because Julian Palmer was like doing an early, I'm pretty sure he was like early retirement. Right. Or Renault was just dropping him. But anyway. So, Carlos Sainz got that seat. Gasly moved up there. And that was just a couple races of preparation. Later in the seat, later he moved up to a full season in Formula 1. And in 2018, with a not competitive car at Bahrain, he put it in P5, P6 or P5 in qualifying. And he finished fourth in the race. It's just an utter talent sometimes. I think he really works well with the Toro Russell. I think so, too. So, I think he has potential. And, you know, if, if a certain, you know, maybe a couple of incidents occur, maybe a couple of DNFs, the next thing you know, he's running up there on the podium. So I would say I would expect more of the same from last year. Uh, 
maybe not a win, but maybe he sneaks into a podium or two, and maybe he qualifies, uh, well, maybe makes Q3 once or twice. You know, who knows? Anything could happen. I think he's a talented young driver, and he just needs uh, to keep his confidence up. Yes. All right, next up, we'll be talking about Ferrari, and we'll start with Carlos Sainz uh, as he's moved over this year. Last year with McLaren, he had a pretty good year. He's had two seasons there, two podiums, one fastest lap. So he's got a lot of upside, and uh, I, I, I think he's a good driver, personally. Uh, I do wonder if him going to Ferrari was a mistake. So I don't know. What do you expect? It was from, a mistake. What do you expect from Carlos this year? Um, I expect some talent, but no podiums. I mean, Ferrari might have upgraded this year, but I feel like it was a downgrade because McLaren won more money, and they had the better car at first, so they're going to have bigger development, and they're going to be running with the big boys a bit higher than Ferrari, I believe. So yes, but hey, he was signed after Vettel was dropped, and this was before Ferrari knew they were going to be extremely slow. So I think Carlos made it. I I I don't think you can blame Carlos. I mean, before the engine disaster, I mean, who who, who wouldn't want to join the Scuderia? Right, and the question also, you know, clearly whatever they were doing with the engines that they got in trouble for was a big deal because their pace went down the toilet this year at Ferrari. <laughs> yes, so, I like your joke there. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe they get it sorted out for this coming year in 2021. Maybe Carlos made the right choice. Maybe. Maybe if I know those guys got their stuff. Maybe together. Ferrari gets back in the top three. This year. I don't believe they're going to the top three. I think they might pass Aston Martin. I'm, I'll be curious. You know, I think there might be a real... Actually, I think there's going to be a real scrap between McLaren, Ferrari, Renault, and maybe Aston Martin here. Yeah. A they real scrap a of, for the they, middle. They, Ferrari poured a lot of the money they got from sixth place into the engine department. Right. With now, upgrades. That's a good point that you just made, though. Carlos Sainz goes from a team that finished in... Third third place in the constructors to a team that finished sixth i know it's ferrari but is that a good move no but at the same time ferrari have poured a lot of money into their engine which was the thing they needed to do so maybe they'll be back up to speed right yeah look at imola they did actually or not imola portimao no not even that nurburgring Right, and it's ring, they did up engine upgrades, and they had a great qualifying session. Yeah, and Leclerc performed well in that car at it's times. It's because he's Leclerc. So, but Sainz is quite good, I think. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Sainz was fighting with Leclerc. He's not and as young as some of the youngest drivers, but he's also not old. So, And it's like he's, he, he's a bit more of a youngster when it comes to career time. And I life. find his driving style to be aggressive. He likes to overtake. At the same time, Carlos Sainz has had more experience in Formula One. He right. started in 2015. Sa- uh, not Sainz, Leclerc started in 2018. Yet it looks like since Leclerc got pr- promoted to Ferrari early, it looks like Leclerc has more experience, but he really doesn't. Right. Sainz stops him there. So expectations for Sainz? Um... Hi, Steph. I mean, we, we, we've been recording this throughout a lot of time, and they announced the sprint races today. Potentially, yeah. Yes, potentially sprint races. So, yeah, the sprint race, I think Leclerc will have some good sprint races because in racing form, he's pretty good. Qualifying, I don't know. Ferrari have not, don't have good qualifying pace. Right. I just mentioned Nürburgring. They did well, but, yeah, they brought engine upgrades. 
So maybe they might do something. I have So, no yeah. Idea. So I'd like to see signs make it into Q3 occasionally. I would love to see I, that. I mean, but it's going to depend. You know, last year was an uncharacteristically slow year for Ferrari. So we'll have to see how they bounce back. It's hard to know what they're going to look like. Uh, we'll know a little more after winter testing, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Next up, we'll be discussing Charles Leclerc. All right, Charles, Charles Leclerc, uh, the other driver for Ferrari. He has had a good career. Started out with uh, Alfa Romeo Sauber and uh, didn't really do a whole lot there. But, I mean, what are you going to do in that situation? Finished 13th in the Drivers' Championship that year. Uh, in 2019, he moved to Ferrari. Since then, he's had two wins, seven poles, which is impressive, four fastest laps, and 12 podiums. 12 podiums. Uh, and he has finished fourth in the in the drivers' championship in 2019, and eighth, uh, eighth this past year in a substandard car. So that's pretty good. He finished about where you would expect, uh, based on the vehicle he was driving. So, what do you think about Leclerc? We've already talked about Ferrari's problems. What do you think he's going to be able to do in Ferrari this year? I don't know. I, I mean, I just hope they have a good good battles like Vettel and Leclerc did. I really hope they have. Do you that. find yourself to be a little bit of a Leclerc fan? No. Maybe a tiny bit. I don't fancy. I, I fancy signs. I don't entirely fancy Leclerc because, I mean, it's just. I mean, of course, I fancy Leclerc. He, he has a nice story to him, but, I mean, both of these drivers have their highs and lows. Right. I think he's a very young, capable driver. I think Too young in drivers. Red Bull or in a Mercedes in the last year, he would have done even more. So, I mean, think about it. In two years, he's had 12 podiums. That's a solid That's a solid go. Yes, uh, and he had two of those this year. Right, in the in a poorly designed car. Yes, so, um, but that was right at the beginning of the season, and he blew his third one. Right, now he has shown a tendency on occasion to make some mistakes, but yes. he is very young. And he, I mean... He teaches himself some self. His radio chatter is the best though when he yes, makes a mistake. He teaches himself self-discipline by beating himself up verbally after an incident. Right, it is funny when he gets mad at himself. It is a tiny or disappointed. bit. It is a tiny bit hilarious. I mean, it is. Quite if Leclerc ever watches this, he, you have to admit it's a tiny bit hilarious. Right, I'm sure he'll be tuning into our podcast and he'll be laughing too. Yeah, I bet so. you that'll happen. So yeah, so my expectation this year may be more of the same if the car is any better. I would say, you know, we could look for him to get on the podium. Uh, if the car is a lot better, we could look for him to challenge for some poles yeah. and maybe even for some races, particularly particularly if things happen. If, you know, Mercedes and Red Bull end up tying up and getting into an accident, you know, there's... there's room. The last time that ever happened and it turned into a well thing was 2016 Spain. So it's possible. So, yeah, if the if things line up just right, you know... You could see Leclerc on top of the podium. And with signs and him, in, I think they're going to really battle each other hard. Yeah, I think these two with standard equipment can fight each other. I, think, I feel like signs might pull away. I look forward to seeing them race one another. Yes, like I that. think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, with Vettel, I just didn't feel like he was happy being at Ferrari this last year. But I feel like signs will really appreciate the opportunity to be there. So I think it could get I mean, very interesting. I mean, he's done a test it looked kind of promising. Right. So uh, we'll see what happens. So that's Ferrari. Next up, we'll be discussing... Um, Aston Martin. And Aston um, Martin. Vettel. All right. All right, next up, we're going to be talking about uh, Aston Martin and 
Sebastian Vettel. What are your thoughts on Vettel? Tough year last year at Ferrari. We've kind of discussed that already. Mm-hmm. Still, though, he he had some good luck last year. He didn't just. It wasn't a total wash. He got on a podium, if I remember right. Yes, but that was a crazy race. Vettel has rain condition, or he's okay. Right. It seemed like he was sort of disinterested last year at Ferrari. A yeah. lot of complaining. Car wasn't good, but you know. You didn't hear Leclerc whining all the time about it. Vettel just seemed like he was kind of ready to be out of Ferrari. And, you know, the deal was already done. You knew. I believe he had a deeper frustration in not knowing his future. Well, I mean, by the time the season started, he did know his future, didn't he? Hadn't they already sorted that out? No. Well, I think yes, no one thought he would get anywhere. But then Aston Martin started forging something. Well, they pulled it off, and now he's there. A team last year that was quite good. For what they were, you know, uh, Racing Point made some strides last year. They definitely had pace at times. Uh, they won a race, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I think, you know, what do you think Vettel's going to do in the new Aston Martin? I mean, I don't know. I don't think Vettel's washed up. He might have had a mid-wash-up phase in his career, but now he's fresh. But if he isn't, then it's a washed-up guy versus a pay driver, which is going to be interesting. Right, that is what's interesting. He's on his teammate is a pay driver, Lance Stroll. And his dad's top dog on the team, so Vettel's probably not going to be getting the first upgrades. Yeah. He won't be getting the better car. He he'll probably have to obey team orders to Lance Stroll. Stroll is going to have the higher cycle here, and if Stroll gets better performances from this, Vettel will be basically ignored. He'll be out on his own ear. Yeah, I'm curious how that'll work because you know now that Lawrence Stroll owns the team basically and is calling the shots. Will he give his son preferential treatment, or will he make Lance earn it I don't and see if Sebastian all. has better pace than him? They give the better upgrades. I mean, if to... they do that, they're obviously going to give Sebastian the better stuff, but I feel like Lawrence will go a tiny bit soft on his son. I don't know. I think, you know, maybe they need to win. Maybe they need wins more than they need shenanigans. I know. They've only had one win. Well, I'll be curious to see uh, what they're able to do as Aston Martin. I'm excited to see... The new car take the track. The new livery is supposed to be cool. And uh, I think you've got a four-time world champion against a against pay, a pay driver. driver who has done well, made some podiums. Yeah. So, um, and, and qualified year. at the pole last year yeah. uh, at least once. Yeah, Mercedes could not compete that day. And still so, took a so I got to say, I feel like, um, you know, my expectation is for Sebastian to turn, return to, to world championship grace. form. Now, I don't know if the car... I don't think the car is going to be world championship form. But I think he will put up a good fight. And I think that you might see uh, Aston Martin, uh, maybe, depending on how far it does, you might see them in fourth or third even this year. I mean, fourth was... You know, McLaren the... is going to have to try to, you know, ram a Mercedes engine into a chassis that was built for a Renault engine. So... Uh, I think they could have some issues with that opening the door for Aston Martin to uh, slide up into the top the of the midfield. Is, yeah, I mean that is right. It just and and again Ferrari will. It depends on Ferrari also. If they return to you know form, then you know everyone's racing for fourth. So uh, outside of the top three, obviously. So we'll have to see. So I think Vettel could have some success, uh, and he might be reinvigorated to race for this team. Yeah. You feel the same. Yes. All he right. He was brought back to life by the signs of the Aston Martin. 
Perfect. Next, we will talk about his partner, Lance Stroll. All right. Next up, Lance Stroll, teammate of Sebastian Vettel at Aston Martin uh, Racing. Uh, what are your thoughts on Stroll? Um, nothing really. I mean, he he's a very non-consistent driver. Sometimes he will get like a pole position or a podium, and sometimes he'll crash out back to back. So. I mean, that was basically his 2020 season, so you never really know what will happen to him. He, you never know what Stroll would do in a race. Right, and do you think that the Aston Martin team will pick up right where Racing Point left off? Maybe. Okay, maybe even be a little better, so they could have some more success. Yeah, I mean, of course they're going to try to pick up right off, but no one knows. I mean, the team might have a budget increase. You don't mm-hmm, really know. Okay. Where did they finish last year? What position they as a constructor? in fourth. Fourth as a constructor. They would have come third probably if Sergio Perez engine didn't blow on the la- on the last race. Right, right. So um, they've had some success. They're moving up. Maybe they continue to capitalize on that. Maybe they take over McLaren at number three. Depends on what Ferrari does. We've said that a lot, but I think Ferrari, you know, their ability will make a big, you know, it'll make a big impact on how the season shakes out. So what do you think about the new car livery? What do you think it's going to look like? I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, we know it's probably going to be green. Speculation is Aston Martin green. Yes. Isn't the speculation also that Cognizant is... Cognizant the... is definitely going to be the new title sponsor of the team. So BWT, I don't know if they're going to be a sponsor at all or nothing nothing at all. But um, we know for sure that Cognizant is the title sponsor of the car. They've released an image of that. But not the actual car, just a side pod with the name on it. So I'm excited to see it. I know the liveries will be, in, uh, will be uh, each team is scheduled to, sh- to showcase their new car over the next couple of weeks. So we'll see that. And then winter testing, of course, we'll see it on the track in uh, mid-March. Mm-hmm. So about a month away. All right. So what do you think he's going to do this year? Better than last year or about the same? I mean, well, at the same time, Stroll had a beautiful... In a way, Stroll had a beautiful season, if you count all the good results. Pole position, two podiums, and then on the other hand, you can count as a bad season if you look at all the bad things because he crashed out. Mugello and um, Russia retired in Austria due to a pop, an energy store issue, or it was an energy issue. Okay. I mean, he really had some bad parts, and he had some good parts. Gotcha. Some good, some bad. Up and down season, we would yes. say. Yes, non-consistent. And that's how his whole career has been. Right. Well, we will see what happens. Next up, we'll be talking about... Fernando Alonso. Former F1 driver and new current F1 driver, Fernando Alonso. Uh, he will be our next topic. All right, next up, Fernando Alonso, driving for Alpine, formerly Renault. He is a two-time world champion in 2005-2006. Hasn't had uh, much success lately. He's been out of the sport for two years. And then prior to that, he spent four years at McLaren where he did not really have much luck. Prior to that, he was with Ferrari. Had some good luck there. Didn't win any world championships, which I know he wanted to do at Ferrari, uh, but didn't didn't make it happen. Uh, And then, like we said, prior to that, Renault two world championships quite successful there so 
um, and considered to be a great driver, really. So even though he hasn't had success lately. So what are your thoughts on Fernando? I mean, I don't know. Hopefully he can bring Renault to good good positions, like where they should be scoring. Right, good and remember, now I called the new team name is, what is it, Alpine. So, yeah, yeah it should be pretty interesting. Uh, also, a new team principal there. Yes. Um, Cyril is out. He's still with the company, Renault, but he's not the team principal. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. We don't know. I don't remember the new guy's name. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table. So um, what do you think about Fernando this year? What do you think he's going to do? I mean, I don't know. Um, he, he he's coming into a team stuff. that finished in what position? Um, six, not, not sixth, fifth. Fifth. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we hope he has some good stuff, and mostly important news, he had a cycling incident a couple days ago in Switzerland. Oh, yeah, breaking news, you're right, I forgot to mention that, with, we just was, just has just been happening over the last day or two, uh, had a cycling accident in Switzerland, hit by a car, jaw was broken, the upper jaw, I think, uh, was what they said, which is unusual, so he's injured, uh, he had surgery today to correct that. And they're saying now that he plans on being ready for the start of the season, yeah. but testing is in a month, you know? So what does that mean? Will he be ready? What do you think? Um, I don't really know. Hopefully he can hopefully he can get ready and race. But the question is, if he is, will it affect him? That's what we don't know. We'll find out, I guess, at testing. Helmet changes. I mean, we don't really know what will happen. Right, and there's quite a ways before the first, you know, actual race goes down. But... You know, testing is important. He needs to get out there. So hopefully he's ready to go. I've been looking forward to seeing his return and to see the new uh, the new cars for Alpine. Uh, it's going to look a little different than it did when it was Renault. So um, we'll see what happens. Any other thoughts on Fernando? Um, Can he return to greatness? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe at least a strong midfield team. Yes. Maybe they take a third from McLaren this year. Yeah. Um, Alonso has had, like, a couple of midfield teams. He didn't show entirely strong success there, but he's always going to be a good driver, so he might be able to do something. Right. He's definitely a skillful driver, so we can see what he brings to the table. And I feel like maybe he'll be more motivated than he was with his final year or two at McLaren. Yes. All right. Well, next up, we will be talking about Fernando's teammate. Esteban Ocon. Esteban Ocon. An interesting topic. All right, Esteban Ocon, also a driver for Alpine. Um, this is his second year with the team. He was out of the sport for a year. Uh, as Well, he wasn't out of the sport. But he was the reserve driver for Mercedes. Didn't see any action. Prior to that, he was with Force India. Now racing for Now Aston Martin. Right. He showed some promise there, but no wins. No. This year at Renault, he had a podium. Mm-hmm. But he was constantly outperformed by his teammate, Daniel, Daniel Ricciardo, uh, who has since moved on to McLaren, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about Ocon this year? He's got a lot to prove. needs to drive better than he did last year. That is true, because Alonso could easily overtake him. We see Ocon yet again, a number two driver. Or could he beat someone who might be a tiny bit rusty, being two years off the sport? Right, so Ocon... 
he's going to have to really put in work to be better and faster than Alonzo, I think. What do you think? Yes, definitely. What is your prediction? Who will be superior on that team, Alonzo or Ocon? Um, Ocon is young, but Alonzo is wise and crafty. Yes. What do you think? Who gets the most out of the Alpine? I mean, I don't know. One thing I'd really love to see back there is I, I, I'd like to see a team rivalry. Alonso's always at the top edge. I'd like to see him see a team rivalry and Ocon step up to the plate. He had that with Perez. In fact, he was winning that rivalry, but Perez was a bit far ahead of himself, and they both tangled with each other. They definitely tangled Perez and Ocon when they were on the team together. You're right yes. about that. Interesting. Well, it really get it really it ultimately Perez was the one taking out Ocon and it robbed Ocon of the seat. I, I agree. I feel like Ocon got a raw deal in that yes, situation. And then they did not reflect on Sergio's bad intentions. Right. Well, he came with a lot of backing financially. I yes, think. Yes, that so. is also that that is a promotion right there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Ocon is going to have to do better this year yes. if he wants to keep a seat. Yes. Mm-hmm. He'll lose it again, yeah. and this time. Maybe Toto won't be so sure whether to take him in this time. Right. If you're not performing at a high level... And you don't even want this guy as your reserve driver. If you're getting outperformed by your teammate year in, year out, then you're not really showing what you need to show to get brought into a better seat later. Yes. That's what I'm seeing. What do you think? Um, I, I agree with you there. Okay. Well, in that case, let's move on. Next team we'll be discussing is... Um... Um, McLaren. McLaren. And uh, we will see what the McLaren drivers have we'll to offer. We'll be discussing Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo will be up first for our next topic of discussion. So hang in there. We'll be talking about Daniel Ricciardo, uh, one of everyone's favorite comedian drivers. Yes. All right. As we said, next up, Daniel Ricciardo, McLaren driver, first year on the team, left Renault to go to Greener Pastures at McLaren. I think this was a great move for him. Yes based on the success McLaren had this year, or last year, I should say. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. He's got a great teammate, Lando Norris, who has shown a lot of promise. So what do you think Ricardo is going to do this year? Will he have even more chances to shine? Um, I believe yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you care to expand on that? Um, yes, I would. I mean, Ricardo was amazing at Renault, two podiums in one year. Um, 2019, they did not have the car tutors, and they were a lot more... Renault has always been known for kind of having a bit of a fragile engine, but 2020, they didn't have many problems. Mm-hmm. So they were able to carry on a bit more. They got the podiums. They had the speed. They were fighting for third place in the constructors, but they lost out by a tad. And who? how many podiums did Ricardo have this year? Two. Um, Last yes. year, I should say. Yes, the Shoeys were back. The Shoeys were back. Which is gross, yes, but that's what he does. He's a real funny guy. Everyone seems he, to think he's, he's the hilarious. He's a comedic driver. And I've always thought he raced fair. Yes, he is a good... He's a he clean is, racer. I mean, everyone's like, there's this comedic guy named Daniel Ricciardo, but there is a Daniel Ricciardo, the racer. Right, and I think he's a, a clean racer. I think he races people honest. He races um, clean, but he races people smart and fast. He, you know, he did have a little bit of strife when he was on Red Bull with yeah, Max Verstappen, but I think you had two guys competing to be the number one guy there so it was pretty aggressive in that situation yeah, and I, he's never really had his work cut out for him except then i mean the times yeah he, he for the first couple of years at red bull he never had his work cut out for him in the mat in the beginning of max's career he didn't have his work cut out entirely and how many victories did he have at red bull do you know um seven Those seven victories seven only victories wow that's pretty good though seven wins yeah. 
He had a lot of success there. Uh, who was his teammate at Red Bull? The the first year, it was Sebastian Vettel's last year. He had come, come in replacing um, Mark Webber. Right. Who right. went on to go play do sports cars. Ah. And, um, uh, and then he had Daniel Fiat for two years. That Which ended up, And then Max came in, and 2016 was an okay year. He outshined Daniel sometimes. And then 2017 was a better year for Daniel Ricciardo. And then... But Max came on strong late in the season, and then Ricardo, eighteen, let's just call that maybe one of his worst years in Formula One. Well, it's obvious that Verstappen was going to be the star of that team. Yes, and I think Daniel saw that writing on the wall. That split that that the 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 paper the pen to paper they gave Max Verstappen in twenty seventeen really it basically cut Daniel Ricardo's contract, and he saw this and he was like, "Well, I'm out of here." He didn't, yeah, he made a lot more cash than Ricardo was making. Yes. Well, Daniel was wise to move on, I think. I don't think his future was going to be a Red Bull. I think he was always going to be second to Verstappen based on the team's philosophy. Um, I think Renault was a good step for him because it was a seat that was available. Yes, and a seat to get him used to the midfield. Right. But now with McLaren, you know, that's a top three team this past year. Um, yeah, the so question is, can he win? Can they can they sneak a couple of wins in? You know, I I think maybe. I think you know Norris got some a podium. Um, signs did he get a podium in twenty twenty? Um, yes, he came P two. Yeah, so I think they've shown some ability, and if they improve at all, now the question is going to be, and we talked about this earlier in the podcast. McLaren is going to be. Fitting a Mercedes engine into right. a Right, they've got to wedge a Mercedes engine into a chassis that was built for Renault uh, engine, and that could be a problem. I, you know, there's there's definitely been some restrictions allowed on changes and modifications to cars, and you know they've got a special exemption I think to get their at least get the engine in the vehicle, but will the car perform when it's kind of just like wedged together, so to speak? You know, this is not ideal. So yeah. what do you think? Is that going to cause problems, or will, or will McLaren, you know, maintain their dominance of the midfield? Um, I don't really know. I think they'll maintain dominance in the midfield and maybe try to strive for B2. I don't think they'll get that, but I believe they'll strive and sometimes achieve higher results than Red Bull. Yeah, I definitely think that there's a big gap between Red Bull and Mercedes at the top. And McLaren and everybody else Mercedes after that. Mercedes has a gap between everybody. Mercedes has a gap. You're right. They have a solid hold on first. Red Bull has a pretty solid hold on second. Um, especially, and we'll talk about this later, with the upgraded driver lineup. Um, I think, you know, McLaren at third. I read Zach uh, Brown, Brown talk about, you know, how it's going to be pretty competitive in the midfield, he thinks. And I also read that he said that they could score more points than last year and still end up in fourth or fifth place because he thinks the midfield is just going to be very competitive. Uh, so, you know, that's his concern. Now, as a team principal... Uh, or, if I'm correct, he might actually be the CEO CEO, actually, yeah, as the CEO. He owns all of McLaren. I don't, think he, I don't know that he owns it. He's the CEO, though. Um, so I think, you know, he would obviously want to tamp down expectations as, as in that position so that you know things don't seem disappointing so it's hard to know these guys play these games where they talk about things like oh we may not be very good and, but then actually and then i think they're blasting by right it's better to 
uh, under promise and over deliver, as they say, and I think he may be practicing that. So, but I think he's right. Alpine's going to be going strong. Uh, yeah, I mean, Aston Martin, of, two new team names, two new teams that are looking to really get after it, yes. um, and they don't have the disadvantage that McLaren has yeah. with the Mercedes engine. Yes, and the, but the question is here: if McLaren does do good and they're fighting, and they're a bit better than they were last year, and they're doing better than all the other teams. Is Red Bull one-legging it with Sergio Perez not scoring results? Well, we don't know. I don't believe that'll happen. It's I think he's going to perform way better than, you know, we don't want to get into too far into these guys yet, but I will say that Sergio Perez is an upgrade from Albon, and yes. he's definitely an upgrade from how Gasly performed. Now, I've heard the Red now, Bull is a harder car to drive, but if anyone can pull it off, I think it's Perez. The question is, we saw uh, Racing Point in 2020 – with the Mercedes engines and with the Mercedes car basically a copy. Yes. So the question is, you know, McLaren seems to be wanting to try that as well. Racing Point could not get the same performance out of that Mercedes engine as Mercedes gets due to other factors. You know, will McLaren be able to get a little more out of that and maybe be competitive with Red Bull? I don't know. Maybe. No, I think... All I know is a Mercedes engine is a Mercedes engine. It's filled with speed, and it can do something. Right, if you can put the car behind it, or, you know, to go yeah, with it. it can do something. But, again, this chassis was not designed for this car, and that could give problems throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, that could cause suspension failures. That could cause power unit issues. You know, who knows what kind of adjustments they're going to have to make that might cause the car to perform less so i think there's some concern there we'll wait and see i'm excited to see mclaren under mercedes power uh this year they did have mercedes power and they won world championships with that right so i do think that you know if you look back through the history of f1 mclaren has been a very powerful team mclaren hasn't always had mercedes power but they've won a championship with Mercedes. right okay so it'll be exciting now next we will talk about daniel's teammate lando norris lando norris another funny guy this is definitely the funniest team in f1 the funniest team in f1 ever a couple of real characters driving these cars we'll talk about them next all right lando norris teammate to daniel ricardo two real characters like we said funny guys but when it comes to racing they're both pretty serious so lando uh also you know all the things we've talked about with mclaren switching to the mercedes power unit are true for lando as well Uh, he had a podium I think just one podium in 2020 to start the season, maybe, or early on. Yeah, first season, first race. And uh, he, he drove really well, actually. Um, and he had ups and downs through the season, but he was pretty consistent. So, uh, obviously, because McLaren got third, you know, that took two drivers getting it done. So, what do two you Two drivers th- that work really well. Worked really well together. I thought they were nice complement to each other. Signs was very serious, but also funny. Uh, and I think he was a good uh, mentor driver, maybe, to Lando. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, he's, you know, a great driver. So, what do you think uh, Lando's going to do this year? Who will be the dominant driver on the team between him and Daniel Ricciardo? I think it, it's going to be a real scrap. I think Ricciardo is super talented. So, we'll Ricardo see. Yeah. Super talented. I believe Ricciardo might blast by. But don't underestimate Lando Norris. I mean, he's Lando Norris. Right. I think, yeah, I think it, you know, it, it could be very Young interesting. driver who's learned a lot in the span of two years. I think Daniel Ricciardo is a very solid driver. I mean, he's won races at Red Bull, like we said. And I think he's going to give Lando Norris a run for his money. He may teach him a few things. Because yes. I think Daniel, um, you know, he's had some adversity 
just been in the wrong place at the wrong time with Max Verstappen coming in yes. at Red Bull. He also kind of, in 2019, he moved to Renault, and they wobbled. Moved to Renault. They weren't quite where they needed to be. They now, they the did have a, a good year, a better year last year. Yes, but they were fighting for the constructors the whole time, and they let it slip away. In the Third same. place, yeah, they let it slip. So I, But I think this is an upgrade for him. I think he's at a better team. Now, we'll see. Um, because like we talked about... He's shown capability in the car. Right, so we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to seeing him in that uh, McLaren. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Ricardo in there. I'm looking forward to see Lando Norris battle him. Yes. So uh, if you you had to guess right now, who out-qualifies who the most on Um, that team? Ricardo or Norris. How many? Okay, there's 23 races, right, this year? Mm Mm-hmm. If you had to pick a number, how many times does Ricardo out-qualify Lando? Um, I'd say maybe. I don't know. I mean, I believe they'll both be scoring within the top five almost. I believe they'll score within the top eight almost every time. I don't but doubt I that. I believe Ricardo will qualify Lando uh, about, I don't know, 14 of 23. So you think 14 of 23, Lando. 14 to 9. So Lando gets out qualified 14 to 9. Yeah. I am going to say that. Hmm, that's a good pick. I'm going to say Daniel out qualifies him 16. Of the twenty three times, that's what times. I was saying originally. Mm-hmm. Sixteen of the twenty seven times. So I think it will be interesting, but um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think they're both great drivers. I think the team, if if everything works out with getting the engine in the car, uh, I think they're going to maybe have a real good battle for third again in the constructors. Yes. All right. Next up, we will be discussing the second place team. Maybe the greatest team of all time. Just kidding. No, um, no, Red Bull no. Racing. So we will talk about them next. We'll talk about the two drivers. First, the new driver, Sergio Perez. And then, of course, Max, Max Verstappen. And then we'll talk about Bottas. And we'll talk about Hamilton. That's right. So we'll be wrapping up with the last four drivers on the grid. So get ready for that. All right. Next up, Sergio Perez, Red Bull Racing. Uh, switching over from... Uh, racing point this year first year with Red Bull he's been up and down through his career pretty steady driver though uh, only one victory Mm-mm. at the end of the season yeah but he's never had the real opportunity in a very good car he had one opportunity in a good car and that was at McLaren in 2013 he took Hamilton's seat but he didn't do good and it ruined his reputation and he went to Force India developed there and then it became racing point he had uh, almost he all, he raced with Sauber to start his career. Yeah, I'm correct. This is like his uh, he's somewhere around like ten to twelve years now in Formula One. How many podiums? Ten or eleven. Ten or eleven podiums. One victory, just the la- next to last race this past year, and that was you know he was in the right place. He did what it took. He and raced he through the entire field, went through the whole field after a first lap incident. I think. Yes. So it's not like he didn't deserve to be there, even though, you know, Mercedes had their problems at that race in the pits, yeah, costing George Russell his win. Yeah. Which so, we yeah. don't know. That could... Anything could have happened. So what it comes down to is this is Sergio Perez's first year on a top team in a very long time, maybe ever, depending on how you look at his early career. So the question is, you know, he's got a arguably one of the top two drivers on the grid is his teammate in Max Verstappen. So, you know, Red Bull has a history of putting all their eggs into the lead driver's basket, it seems, even though they claim they don't. 
So yeah, I guess the question they, is, Vettel, they overpowered Vettel with Weber, or Weber, and they and they're now going and they overpowered Verstappen with Ricardo. Right. It's all just gonna tumble. Well, they overpowered Ricardo. Yeah. With Verstappen. I think you meant, is that what you meant? Like, they gave Verstappen more. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. That's what I said. So that's what, okay, yeah, that's what I thought you meant. So, I guess, you know, the question is, what do you expect from Sergio Perez I mean, I in a Red Bull even, this year? I expect even if they give Verstappen the upgrades quicker, he'll do something. He's Sergio Perez. He's, he knows what it's like to be the second, the, the, the driver next to a guy. He, he knows what it's like to be next to the guy who's won a world championship or his world championship material in a, in a, in a big team and had a fight to, to be a top dog. He knows you, this situation. Would you say that Sergio Perez is the closest thing to a good driver at Red Bull that Verstappen's had since Ricardo? Yeah, because... Would you say Ricardo made him I mean, a better teammate than Perez? Or is he about equivalent to Perez, Ricardo and Perez? Well, I mean, we'll have to see when the first race happens. I think by then, definitely, I'll have an answer. Definitely an upgrade, though, from Gasly at Red Bull. Yeah, Gasly was just pure slow. He also had some incidents. And obviously, uh, Albon did not pan out. Albon didn't have incidents. Well, he did have incidents. The question incidents, is, did they give him enough time? Well, look what he did in it. Look what get, both these drivers had phenomenal first years. Elbon did phenomenal with his first year at Red Bull. The half at, season. Yes, even though he didn't get the podium, and that was like a third seat, a third of it. Well, not a third of a season, but it wasn't half a season. And the third, and he got no podiums, but he was like fourth and fifth almost every single time right. he went out on that track. And I don't think anybody expects, you know. Uh, the the number two Red Bull driver to do something to be better than Verstappen. Yeah, but you expect him to be within three tenths qualified. Yes, you know if it gets longer than that, you're, are, you're you, are you really helping the team? Yeah, it was just Albon. When it, they, even Red Bull has pulled, Red Bull and Max have pulled it off several times to get it second in the constructor standings, but they've always been running on one leg. Gasly, Albon. And now we'll have to see if Paris. I mean, my thoughts is you need Verstappen racing with Hamilton. You need the second Red Bull driver giving Botas a hard time. Yes. To make it interesting for the constructors. Am I right? Yeah, the problem is. We haven't had that. The problem is Botas is fighting with Verstappen. And almost no one on this grid, if you're fighting Verstappen in equal machinery, you're not going to beat them. That's almost. I mean, that's nearly impossible because Max is such a good driver. Right. So basically, yeah, and Verstappen's the one fighting Bottas, so I don't believe anyone will challenge Bottas. I would say half the time Verstappen's not even fighting Bottas. He's either leaving him in the dust or he can't get there just based on the track and the car setup. They're never fighting each other. Right. So the question. Verstappen will pull him. Will Ricardo, I mean, no, I'm sorry, will Perez out-qualify Max at all this season? No, but I believe he'll get close because Perez... Last time he came to a big team and was the number two driver, he came in under prepared. But now he he will come in prepared. He has been through the situation before and he will know what to do. At All this right. time, this was when Red Bull had taken over and McLaren were on the second team. Right. Do you anticipate? So you don't think he'll outqualify Max? But I think he'll definitely get close. I think they'll be equal throughout the year, maybe. You think? Well, I'll say this: I think that their times will be even if Max beats him in qualifying every week, which he might. 
I think that his times will be closer to Max's than Gasly's or Albon's were yes. in the past two years. Yes. Putting it back on level with Ricardo. Yeah. So, I think this guy might. Right. I don't think he'll do Ricardo. I think he'll, I don't think he'll be a Daniel Ricardo on this team, but it'll be right under it. So close enough yes. to make it more interesting. Yes. Because Red Bull's been a one-car team for the last two years in my mind. Yes. All right. So next we will talk about the premier driver for Red Bull, Max, Max Verstappen. Verstappen. All right, let's talk about Max Verstappen. Arguably the second best driver on the grid, drives for Red Bull. Started with uh, what was Toro Rosso when he was 17 years old. Raced half the season and got pulled up to the big leagues with Red Bull. Yeah. Been there ever since. Going into his seventh year, he has too many podiums to count at this point. Almost every week. Every weekend he's on the podium, it seems. Uh, he's always in Q3. Um, has 10 wins, mm -hmm. two in 2020. You know, he's really been a victim of a machine that just wasn't quite up to Mercedes' standards. Mm -hmm. And even then, he's still beating Valtteri Bottas. Half the time. Half the time. I mean, he's in, you know, he's taken second a lot. So, um, I mean, let's not lie. Verstappen's getting it done here in a car that basically can't compete with Mercedes. Right. He's getting it done. Bottas is, I believe, Verstappen, if they've made enough upgrades, can beat Bottas in the championship. If they can, Mercedes has problems on their hands. Agreed. And I was just reading that, uh, you know, Max has a performance clause in his contract, meaning that if Red Bull cannot provide him with a championship-worthy car, he can opt out of his contract. He's under contract for a couple more years. He could leave at the end of the season if they have not provided him a car that is within three, that is within three tenths of the championship caliber car. I believe <clears> if, they, if Verstappen can't compete with Bottas this year, then he might pull. Helmut Marco has, uh, you know, confirmed that there is a clause. He wouldn't give a lot of details. <clears throat> but I think that they are concerned that, you know, they might with Botas on his last year and with Hamilton on a one-year contract, is it possible that Mercedes is thinking of an entirely new driver lineup for 2022, which might include Max Verstappen? They're going to have to ditch Lewis Hamilton if they want that. Because, because the contract, if they, keep, if they do the same thing with Hamilton. If Hamilton gets his eighth title this year... What else is there to do with Lewis Hamilton? How much are his demands going to be? Is he even going to be interested anymore? Max is young. Max is fantastic. But I think Mercedes let's say you get a Max Verstappen George Russell lineup at Mercedes in 2022. That's a possibility. And if, Verstappen will be fine with it. He won't care. No, Hamilton Verstappen cares. doesn't care. Verstappen just wants to race and win. Exactly. I said Verstappen will be fine with it. Hamilton, if he saw the lineup coming, if it were, he would be like, no, 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 I'm opting out because I know I'm gonna, I, I want to race these guys, and my, I don't want to have a teammate who can race with me. My them. point is, Hamilton's got a one-year contract. Hamilton's got a one-year contract. They and may be it, not even interested in signing him again next year. Yeah, but if they if are, if you can replace him with Verstappen. Is that that? I mean, you're in good shape. I mean, that is if they're, but I mean, but if they are interested, and they're gonna keep going baby mode in the contract. And Toto Wolf has definitely implied that he fancies getting Verstappen. That's not and a secret. And F1 podcasts have actually talked about could Verstappen go to Mercedes? The the WTF1 podcast has actually talked made a full episode. Can Max go to Mercedes? So it's so not like this, this is yeah. It's not like we're just cooking up schemes over here. This is a talked about topic. Yes. And. With the performance clause in the contract, it makes it a possibility. Yes. Now, Helmut Marco well, said he feels this year with the upgrades that they've made, 
they think they'll be even closer and that it may not be an issue. As a Max Verstappen Red Bull fan, I have to say I hope that, that it is not an issue. I hope that Red Bull catches up and then takes it up to the next level. Yeah, now the two drivers we're discussing right here, are, we're actually both are like fans of. I'm a fan of Hamilton, you're a fan of Verstappen. No secret there. Yes, I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard to determine what's going to happen. But if they are interested in re-signing Hamilton and pushing for the ninth title, if they're going to go baby mode with him on the contract again, Verstappen's not touching a Mercedes seat. If they try to be a bit more rough on him, uh, Hamilton's not going. If if the contract talks came up, I think they would open the piggy bank up for Verstappen. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean not, what you know, if Hamilton has to has to go out for something, even though, I, I mean, Verstappen we don't know what Verstappen is happen. in his early 20s. He could be the next Lewis. He could win seven or eight in a row in the right machine. Yes. I think that's the belief. And Lewis didn't even, even win seven or eight in a row. Well, no, and it's hard to do that, but I'm saying seven or eight total. We should say eight or in a row is a stretch. I believe Verstappen could do that. Maybe. I don't know. Point is, he's got a lot of upside. He's young. He's obviously talented. He is a wild man. When they took Lewis the in, he didn't have any of these traits. Lewis was kind of old. He'd been racing since 2007, and it was two, 2013. So he was a six year I wouldn't He was say, a five year guy in the sport now. He wasn't washed up, but he had been racing for five years. I wouldn't say they took him in. I mean, he was a fantastic driver. Yeah. I mean, Lewis was good. Uh, they got, then. they you know, Nicky Lada was uh, instrumental in bringing him in. Yeah, Nicky Lada has the ability. Because they to, knew the talent that they had. Yeah, I, I was about to say has, I mean had. He had the ability to make things happen. Absolutely. If if Nicky weren't there, Lewis would have never moved from Mercedes. He would have thought they would have been a total failure. They probably would have been because of the idea. If, if Nicky Lada hadn't been there, well, they would have brought Toto in, but Toto would have probably said no because Lada wasn't there. It all just comes down and the Mercedes thing could have been a thing if Mercedes did not ask Nicky Lida to join that board. Absolutely. And to be honest, even though even here he is the he was the master part of that. Well I think it's gonna be interesting. I think so I mean what do you think for Verstappen this year? Couple wins. Couple wins for I sure. think even if the cars are exactly like last year, just the way it shakes out, Hamilton wrecks out you know, the things will happen. Verstappen Hamilton will have opportunities. It's not a mistake Wait. guy, but it could happen. Vers- well, Verstappen will have opportunities yes. to win. Mm-hmm. Couple of wins, a lot of podiums. Yes. If everything stayed the same. If Red Bull has upgraded and found even more speed, then I would say and if Perez can effectively help race the Mercedes against you know, the Red Bulls against the Mercedes. If they can do that. We might see a more interesting constructors. Yeah, which I would love to see. I would love to see. Because we've been watching a lot of F2 races lately. Yes. Yes. And it is action-packed. To, to, to get ready for the podcast of drivers, we actually had to go through the first couple of F2 races to look up Sonoda, Mazepin, Schumacher. And that's where we got some details. We, we, yeah. That's where we got the detail on how Mazepin's kind of a bit of a defendy guy. He's a bit of an aggressive defender. Right. We watch a lot of F2, and it is exciting racing. It is much so more exciting would, than Formula Yeah, one. it's definitely exciting. So I think we'd like to see a little more competitiveness, a little more raciness amongst the F1 teams. Uh, and I think that that's what they're planning on doing with the budgetary constraints and things coming next year. So I think we're going to get that. This year will probably be more of the same, but I am hoping that it's a little more exciting. Maybe Red Bull makes more of a go of it this year. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. All right. Next up, our final two drivers, Botas and Hamilton. All right, let's talk about Valtteri Botas, Mercedes driver. 
He had two wins. Two wins this year. One at Russia and, and one the other at Austria season opener. Austria season opener. So two wins is good. Um, when you're with Mercedes, you might want more than that. But yeah, when your you teammate's are. Lewis Hamilton, you might not expect much more than that. Mm-hmm. Lewis is clearly the superior driver, but Valtteri's been a solid number two. He runs usually consistently close with Lewis, and he performs considerably, uh, very consistently enough to put them in the Constructors' Championship yes. repeatedly with two drivers scoring maximum points a yes. lot of times. I mean, he's been given the right to a very good car, but he's not exactly maximizing what he could be doing out of it. He's not getting everything done he could. Lewis is extracting almost everything out of that car he can. Well, that's just because Lewis may be, you know, the greatest F1 driver of all time. That is true. But at so, the same time, Bottas, when he was at Williams, sometimes was fighting Hamilton... And well, well Williams sudden, was Williams then, and now it's, you know, Williams, so. Yeah, but, I mean, Williams was, like, not as good as Red Bull, not as good as Ferrari, not as good as Mercedes, and sometimes not as good as Force India. And he got it done. He got podiums. He got wins. N- not wins, not wins. My bad. Podiums. He got podiums. He's getting podiums now. Yes. Every week, just about. Yeah, that is true. But at the same time, I mean, he went from being a front runner. I mean, he still is a front runner, but I think what he did at Williams, I believe he could be a world champion. Maybe if he didn't have Lewis Hamilton, you know, as a teammate. And we can't really see, but we feel like, I mean, of course they're not getting equal attention, but we don't really see much of, there's not much talk about one getting car upgrades ahead of the other. I mean, you have to feel like this is probably Valtteri's last year with the Silver Arrows. Maybe. Probably. Yeah, probably. Feels like it. I mean, if Hamilton wins the eighth championship, I believe they could can him. It depends on what Mercedes does with Lewis. It depends on what... Because if Lewis wants to leave, they'll probably also can Valtteri, and they could do Russell and Verstappen. Yeah, a lot of options in the future, so... I believe they can get Russell and Verstappen on board if if um, if um they if they don't decide to do Lewis. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Valtteri has been a solid number two to Lewis. Lewis yes. is just a superior driver. But I would love to see them fight each other. I mean, uh, when Rosberg beat Hamilton to the championship, I mean, I didn't like it because I'm a Hamilton fan, but at the same time, I mean, they, they were fighting. I, yeah, I think it'd be a little more interesting if Valtteri put up a little bit more of a fight. Yeah, I mean, he's always... He not, seems to roll over for Lewis pretty fast. He, he seemed like he's not pushing entirely. I think he should try, a, he should maybe push a bit more. And he will might might get some more race wins. It just makes you wonder if there's, you know... More to it. Maybe some team orders floating around yes. out there. I don't know. But the question is, it would be heard, and Formula well, One might, might, might make orders, a move for it. Not if the team orders are discussed before they ever get in the cars. That is true. Uh, I just think Valtteri's a solid number two at Mercedes. I think he likely will end up somewhere else, um, possibly next year. At a lower midfield team, finish out his career uh, like that. But you never know. Maybe he gets a really successful year this year, pulls you know several victories, maybe even gives a fight for the, the world championship. I, don't I know. hope so. I'd like to see Valtteri put up a good fight. Yes. All right, that's what we're expecting from him. A lot of podiums, a couple poles, maybe a couple wins. Maybe he even has a better year, though. Maybe he puts up a fight. Yes. All right, well, next up, we will be talking about... The world champion, Lewis. All right, final driver. Our seven-time world champion. champion, seven-time world champion, Lewis Hamilton. 
Not a lot to say about this guy other than he's clearly the best uh, so far. The greatest, greatest driver, greatest car, greatest constructor of this era. Uh, he has the most race wins of any F1 driver in history. He's tied for the most championships of any driver in F1 history. Mercedes has just completed how many constructors championships did they um, celebrate this year? Seven, uh, seven in a row. Also. Yeah, seven in a row. Those Which is historic. No team has ever done that before. So uh, they rewrote the record books this year with Lewis. And uh, I don't know that it'll be any different this coming year. Maybe more of the same. Yeah, I hope so. But the question is, will they look to re-sign him if he wins this eighth title? Yeah, I don't know. Well, that... the question is, will he do bad? I mean, that's obviously gonna. I mean, I don't, don't think he will do bad. I think I in the same machines, he's dominated the turbo hybrid era, as has yes. Mercedes. I think this year will be a lot more of the same. You know, will teams be closer to them like Red Bull? Maybe. But Hamilton will pull it off, probably. But I think if I had to guess or bet, I would say Hamilton probably makes it happen again. I think this year might shake out very similar to last year, and he will continue his dominance. And at the end of the year, he will likely have well over 100 race wins. Yes, 100 race wins, maybe eight, eight championships. championships. Possibly. Uh, Mercedes will probably rack up their eighth constructors in a row. And that will be an extreme monument that I don't think any team will ever break. Well, no one ever thought this would happen either, so it's hard to say. But I think, um, you know, it'll just be quite interesting to see if, if it all goes smoothly this year. I think it will. Uh, obviously, contract talks will be a big thing. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, but, yeah, so my expectation is Lewis... Uh, has another great year. Your thoughts? Um, I think he'll have another great year. Eighth championship, 100 wins. He'll do all this. He'll beat Valtteri in some sessions. I believe Valtteri might try to put up a bit more of a fight to try to keep his seat alive. But yeah, I believe I believe Lewis will pull through. Excellent. And then they might not re-sign him. Alright. Well, that is our last driver uh, for this episode of the podcast. We'll be back in a second with a conclusion to this exciting podcast. All right, well, that wraps up our discussion of the 2021 driver lineup. We're excited. Winter testing is about a month away from uh, our record date of this podcast. Um, news keeps breaking, though. The uh, cars will be unveiled soon, and so we will come back with a third installment of this podcast. Probably about <clears throat> constructors and the car reveals. Yeah, in the next week or two, we'll come back with any cars that have been revealed, our thoughts on those, our thoughts on the constructors as a whole, and any updates on breaking news for the season. I just heard today that Rich Energy is going to be getting back into Formula One as a sponsor oh gosh, let's see this year, this time. and that they were thinking about launching their own team, but didn't because a partner of theirs has bought stake in a team that is already on the grid, and they'll be sponsoring that team. So that news should be unveiled before our next podcast. Who is that team? They didn't say. It's secret. So hopefully, by the time we tape our next episode... I bet you it's Williams. By our next recording, we will have info on all the latest happenings in Formula One. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, whether it be Spotify, iTunes... Or Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, or any of the other uh, outlets our podcast is available. It's pretty much available everywhere. Also, we probably will be having sponsored segments on this podcast soon, so be sure to support our sponsors. Yes. And... 
look for us on social media in the future. We'll be, as soon as we get enough downloads, we're going to launch maybe some social media yes, well, we, for we our podcast. Yes, we at 30, we're going to launch a couple social media channels. That's right. So we'll keep you up to date on all of that. Thanks for listening. All right. Have a good and, day. Hey, I'm the son from the Father and Son F1 podcast. I'm the father from the Father and Son F1 podcast. And thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.